supersonic. 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink, and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up, tell all your friends, and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks, and advice on how you can make your brand boom. Hello, it's Adam here from Storekit. We're the easy mobile ordering system for ambitious operators. We love Mark so much that for podcast listeners, we've got a very special deal. If you head to storekit.com forward slash demo and quote supersonic in the form, you can get £50 donated to a hospitality charity of your choice. All you need to do is complete the demo and be a real business. So if you're experiencing trouble finding staff, if you want to boost premium orders, or if you just want to manage an outdoor area with the easiest possible system you can find, head to Storekit right now and check it out. A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. So, it's Blue Monday and one of the crappiest days of the year. And hopefully, on that day, if you cast your mind back, when the episode's out a little bit later, it wasn't too bad a day for you. I'm in Brighton at the moment and I'm lucky enough to be looking at the sea and the sun is out, the sun is shining, a wee bit nippy but very nice and uh, doesn't feel like Blue Monday at all. So I did see a lot of social media managers in action, pumping out the Blue Monday messages. And there's also the naysayers saying, oh, it's made up and, you know, don't pay any attention and all the rest of it. But it's a good message if it shines a light on people that might be having a bit of a bad time mentally and anything all of us can do as their friendship network to help them would be a very good thing. So talking about social media... We've got one of our favourites back on, and actually probably the most repeated guest keeps coming back for more, and it's the incredible social media guru that is Alison Battersby. I think all of us have got people in their lives that they always look to for advice, and they're always one step ahead of where you're at, and Alison is definitely that for me in social media and the digital world at large. So over the years, I've had the joy of presenting many Boot camps and social media workshops and podcasts with Alison. And, you know, just so easy to listen to. She really breaks down social media so it's accessible and understandable for everyone, which is just brilliant because all of us are at different levels in our careers and our social media understanding. So we had a few wee technical difficulties, but we ironed those out. Maybe that was the Blue Monday jinx, just the technical stuff. But anyway, we managed to make the time to have an hour and a bit talking about 10 of the most important social media trends for 2020. 
Also, Alison has a video extended version of this, which is a training course that she's been running us, a webinar, and it's on YouTube, and I will put the link to that in our notes. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Well, I know what's in store. You're going to get so much out of it. So pens and papers at the ready. You better get taking some notes. So it gives me the most social media guru pleasure to introduce my regular and next guest, first guest on season three, and it is the incredible friend of mine and friend of yours probably too, Alison Battersby. Hello. Hello, welcome. Series three. Yeah, happy new year. Are we allowed to say that stuff? I think Larry Larry David said after the seventh. Oh really? Oh, I've continued saying it for yeah to a lot of people post the seventh. Well, it's a very British thing where you go happy new year, and then you get just as you go. If it's okay to say that, and you make a little joke out of that for another couple of weeks, such a British thing. <laughs> then eventually, yeah. you're like, oh, well. such a British thing. But uh, 2022, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's exciting, you know. Yeah, I, it is exciting. It feels like a an opportunity for a fresh, new era. Perhaps. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. No, I'm dead excited. You know, we're hopefully going to see end of this thing that we won't mention too much. Um, Hopefully as well, everyone's up for it. Hopefully people can just get back together and high five. And But I'm in this interesting place where I feel like my relationships with people are stronger. Like, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like if you've made it through a pandemic st- and still been friends. Yeah. <laughs> still yeah. kept in contact. Yeah. You I th- can make it through everything, anything. I think so. And, and Yeah, I know what you mean. And there's people I haven't seen since 2019, but I still talk to on a regular basis. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. feel like I haven't seen them for nearly three years. No, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. And next week, I mean, not to date the podcast, but next week, um, or sorry, later this week, we've got um, the RMI and that's two years since I've been on stage anywhere. And I'm just Ooh. looking forward to just seeing people and yeah. seeing people's faces and human connections. And there won't be enough time over the two days to fit everything you want to catch up on with everyone. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. That will be so nice to actually feel the crowd yeah. and not just be looking at a screen. Yeah, or, or I, could, yeah. I could die. <laughs> on stage <laughs> get booed get booed off <laughs> but anyway I will see how we get on but I'm really really excited we're going to be talking about crypto and NFTs and um, oh, yeah. all this stuff so it's actually a little bit beyond marketing well no crypto's here now I suppose and, and NFTs too so yeah I'm going to be really excited about that That's so great. right so what we are going to do we had a couple of wee technical problems so actually it's a good thing because it will focus us to, to do stuff so we've got yeah about an hour or something so we should be okay but um in terms of social media then so I don't know a how you do it where you just go away and mine all this new stuff that you know where does it come from and and all that stuff I'm always amazed with and I've watched one half so far but I'll watch the rest soon of your amazing uh workshop that you did um that's up on YouTube and which was just so brilliant and it actually set the foundation for a lot of what my speech is going to be so I'll, I'll send you a wee check and some royalties for that 
<laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Dinner, please. <Yeah. laughs> so um, what are you finding? That. What's what's going on and oh. what's the difference with this year's? What, what's been happening? I guess the thing is with, with trends is, well, firstly, for any social media marketer or marketer generally, it can be so tricky staying on top of the trends. You're right, because there's so many that come out. And I think my position, I really feel, is the editor who will look at all of these trends and all of this hearsay and these rumors of new features and actually just filter out some of the rubbish that never actually happens and pick the ones that I think I can actually imagine being useful and also ones that I've seen people doing. So that's that's a big part of it for me. I want to make sure that any trends that I mention are practical and also that I've actually seen brands putting those trends into play. So this year for 2022, I decided to just pick 10 do you remember once, Mark, we decided, I think it was 21 or maybe 2020, we decided to do 20 trends. <laughs> well, uh, do you know, like, it's just, just it's so cheap and basic marketing where you're like, oh, it, the year is this, so therefore yeah. we'll do this. And yeah, so I'll, I'll let you a merry dance there. So yeah, 10, 10 good ones. i <laughs> But um, I've picked 10 and I can, I'm really excited to run you through those 10 trends today. But all of those trends, I have absolutely seen brands using and doing and doing successfully and they're working. So that for me is a, is a main reason why I pick the trends that I do. Um, and how do I stay on top of it all? Well, I read a lot of social media industry news. I have a lot of alerts going on on my phone. So I'm in a few WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups where people sort of talk about the new trends. So I'm quite connected to it all, uh, but it does take time to filter through. Uh, there's a few, you know, very useful resources I'd recommend. Um, I really like a guy called Matt Navara, who you can follow on Twitter, who is a social media consultant. And he has done a lot of work in the past with Twitter, but he tweets a lot of new trends regularly. He also has a Facebook group called the Social Media Geek Out, which is exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> and then also I'm a big reader of uh, news websites like um, TechCrunch is usually a good one to have a look at. And Social Media Examiner is another. So I'm probably plugged into about 25 different resources, um, which I filter through. Um but yeah, I think, you know, that's such a big part of my job is making sure that I'm on top of these trends. So it is something that I dedicate time to every week. Nice. So your social media training course was nearly two hours. I'm excited to see how you're going to get these 10 into one. <laughs> we will do it. Okay. We will do it. <laughs> so should we start with the first one? Yeah, go for it. Well, I think it's quite an obvious one because it's been sort of talked about for a couple of years so far but TikTok for me really is going to be such a an important platform this year. I think TikTok in 2022 is the year where brands really take the app seriously rather than it being a passing trend or a fad or just something you have a bit of fun on. It's actually proving return for a lot of brands at the moment uh, you yourself, Mark, have done advertising campaigns using TikTok already, which is great. Yeah, we, we just thought 
in terms of trying to target people under 30 um, and to make hospitality look like a fun place to work, you know, just just seemed like the obvious answer, you know. And, uh, yeah, we did it in the west of Scotland. We hired a bunch of content creators. It was about 50 grand's worth of money. You know, it, was, it was, wasn't cheap. But the return we got was, you know, 856 at last count. Um, you know, proper applications, like not just mm -hmm. commenting or, you know, proper applications. And I think it was over two and a half million views um, combined as well. So, um, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, I know it works. Uh, but what I would say is you need to like unlearn what you think, you know, and also not be the brand police on it. Like, yeah. normal rules don't apply. You have to get someone you know and trust to do it and just stand back and, you know, Let them run with believe it. Um, because that's what will make it work, not you saying, you know, can we put a two-for-one pizza offer up there, please? You know, it just, yeah. you know, and, and it needs to be on brand. You have no control, really. You've got to let the creators work with your brand and they'll know what will connect, I think. Absolutely. I think that's such good advice. Unlearn everything you know about any other social media platform because it is so unique. And I mean, look at Ryanair, for example, on TikTok. They're just doing completely their own thing. They're being very controversial. They're being, you know, cheeky. It's quite, you know, bizarre, the content that they produce, but it's working. They're, you know, one of the most influential brands. I haven't seen it. Well, what are they doing? Ah, so you know that filter where you can change your face into anything, mm. uh, but just have your eyes poking, at your eyes and your mouth poking through? Right. So they've changed all of their filters. So the, the film is one of their aeroplanes. So they basically have created this character, which is a Ryanair aeroplane. Right. So there's just loads of pictures of the aeroplane sort of sitting, you know, at the airport waiting to go. And then the social media manager's eyes and face, eyes and mouth, sorry, appear on the plane talking as the plane. And the plane is like, you know, telling controversial jokes or <laughs> getting involved in memes or singing songs. And it's hilarious. Oh, that's fun. But you know, um, there was a comedy program years ago called Fist of Fun. And it was okay. Richard Herring, uh, the comedian. Yeah. And Stuart Lee, it was their show. And they had a character called... The Curious Orange, which is a fall song. And it was exactly that. So they're like oh, 25 orange. years ahead of their time. You know? <laughs> that's quite incredible. Oh, that's cool. Need to need to check that out, definitely. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good one. But there's some really good stuff on, on TikTok you can find. Um, you know, both brands, big and small. Um, I think, you know, brands like Chipotle in America are really kind of leading the way particularly with some of their in recruitment content and also just, you know, creating content that they know their fans are going to love. And then, um, you know, in the UK here, there's there's lots of kind of pubs and bars just beginning to have a go at it. So I was following a pub um, just over the weekend, actually, down in Battersea. I will give you the name of them. And they're just having a go on TikTok, which I think is a, another great piece of advice is just, you know, start to work out, you know, what your audience connects with. So the pub is called The Woodman. It's in Wimbledon, actually. The Woodman in Wimbledon. And they have one of their bar staff owning the TikTok channel. 
they're just having fun with it, like dance routines, they're doing memes, they're doing kind of bar jokes on it. Well, that's fun. No no one tells jokes anymore. I know. (laughs) And just jumping into the trends. So another great thing to do on TikTok is just browse through what's trending, whether that's a song, whether that's an effect, or whether it's um, a particular hashtag. And if you create a piece of content that's already trending using one of those elements, you've got much more chance of going viral and getting more views on your content. So that's actually a strategy that a lot of people use is just every few days have a browse. If you see a song that's trending and you think, oh yeah, I like that song, we can have a go at doing that too. Create your own version. But this pub has 500 or so followers their videos are getting 380,000 views wow. each. So <laughs> I think one of the other elements I love about TikTok is it, it's not about your followers. Mm. You can have two followers, but still get millions of views on your content. And that's because of the, the way that the algorithm works is so different to Facebook or Instagram. It's rewarding content that uses a trending feature. I know a big complaint about TikTok and back in the day was that there was no discovery platform on it, really. You know, like in terms of being able to search out brands or people to follow, and it was kind of in the early stages, you just got what you were given kind of idea. Um, but okay. but now it's everything searchable, right? And you can, yeah, yeah, yeah it's can so, so easy to search, yeah. uh, just at the bar at the top. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. It's a great platform. I think the the complaint I hear the most about it is that it's so addictive. Yeah. So I think if if you are looking to get started on TikTok or you already are, you do have to kind of keep a close eye on your own time Oof, and just make yeah. sure that you're not going too much down a rabbit hole. Well, I think I saw, and I know you're not a fan of these stats, but I'm, I'm always looking at them, which is... Um, you know, in terms of how many times should you post it? I know, you know, it's not always about that. But it was a good guide. I think it was saying, you know, around one to three times a day. And it was like, whoa. I mean, that, because you're you're having to, like, it's not just a tweet, is it? You know, it's it's a lot of effort about the creative, the payoff, the, you know, yeah. all these different things. And and one of the things from, from your training course I absolutely loved and I've recounted it ever since was you were talking about the algorithm and in terms of the way it works so it might be interesting just to talk about that a little bit you know just in terms of that because I thought the advice of how to play it and the mm-hmm. caption messaging to, to get to the end and things I thought was absolutely brilliant so maybe worth just touching on yeah, that. Yeah like a couple of things that work really well in the TikTok algorithm are if a user makes it to the end of your video now, to begin with, TikTok videos were only 15 seconds long, and then they they kind of introduced 30-second videos. And now you can actually upload content up to three minutes on TikTok. So it's funny how they are increasing the length of video. But if somebody makes it to the end of your video, that's a win in the algorithm. And so if you can use a bit of a teaser in your caption, that seems to work very well. I see brands like Gymshark doing this mm-hmm. all the time. So in the caption, they put watch till the end or wait for it. So you know, as a user, there's going to be some big reveal or some payoff for making it to the end yeah. of the video. And so that's very good for the algorithm. And the second thing that works very well in the algorithm is if someone watches your video repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something that, 
I would say is pretty typical behavior on TikTok. It's really easy to watch a video again and again and again. And if a video is something a bit odd, controversial, maybe it's a magic trick or some transformation and you're, you're sort of like blink and you'll miss it, then that is a piece of content that you're likely to watch over and over. I mean, I find myself watching, yeah, challenges, dance routines, trick of the eye content like 10 times because yeah. I'm sort of like, how did they do that? And you want to work it out. And that is so rewarding in the algorithm. So if you know those two elements and you also know that a trending effect song or hashtag works very well, then using all of that knowledge, you can hopefully create some great content. Um, but one final point about TikTok is I know a lot of people who are who are doing a really good job of TikTok, a lot of influencers, and something that they tend to do is batch film. So if you've got morning or you've got a couple of hours, you could actually be quite clever about, right, we're going to get 10 TikTok videos done here. So just making a bit of a shot list, maybe having, if you've got people in your videos, just having a couple of outfit changes. Um, if you're preparing food or drink for the videos, you can obviously reuse that 10 times. So um, I think, you know, being quite clever about any of your filming will really help you to create content that's enough for the platforms as well so batch creating yeah. i should have put that as a trend <laughs> no it, it is huge and, and i think with the the marketing teams as well i mean I, it's a skill set that a lot of people are having to learn yeah you know like video shoots and you know it's it's something Shop that's now it's, and, yeah. it, it's, it's high up on the list of what you need to know as a marker. So absolutely, the, the whole yeah. job is changing, you know, to, to be thinking like that. It's really tough, especially if you're a small yeah. team with little budget, you know, and it's kind of you that's got to do it. Yeah, um, You know, absolutely. it's you're, you're kind of scuppered a bit, you know, you've, you've got you've got to be able to do it. Yeah, you do. We've kind of um, mentioned, I've already mentioned the word influencers, but that kind of leads us quite nicely into trend number two which I don't know if you've noticed this Mark but the the terminology around influencers is changing mm -hmm. and influencers as a as a phrase or term influencer marketing it does seem to have a bit of a negative connotation now I think particularly after all the Dubai uh yep. trip that we saw many influencers taking during the lockdown um so I don't know, when I talk to people about influencer marketing, it seems to kind of leave a bit of a sour taste in people's mouths or well, they're a bit like, oh, groan. Well, in, in hospitality, in the main, they're seen as leeches. Yeah. You, know, you just yeah. want a free meal and they weren't really reading the room very well during the pandemic either, where mm. they were emailing restaurants that were on their knees yeah. and then saying, I'll come in and I'll promote you and can I get loads of free stuff and bring my mates yeah. and just douchebag late night hotel bar moves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, not, we must say no not empathy. all of them. No, like, no, 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 were, not at all. There were, were some brilliant influencers actually that I noticed who were really doing all they could to support mm. their favourite restaurants and bars. Definitely. Without asking for anything in return. Yeah. And those people will not be forgotten. No, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like there were a lot of annoying leeches. Yeah. Um, 
But that being said, the social media platforms are changing their terminology to the word creators, which I quite like because you anyone can sort of be a creator and it opens the field to more everyday people who just happen to be able to know how to create a good TikTok video or how to take a good photograph. They don't have to have 20,000 followers. They don't have to have an agent. You know, they can just be contacted via DM, but they still probably have an influence over their followers and are trusted and are credible. So, I mean... It feels like you're getting something back, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, even the phrase gives, as a marketer, it gives me the impression I'm getting something of value. Yeah. Whereas influence, that I couldn't create. Yeah, and, and influences, yeah, it makes them feel like an expert, like they know what they're doing. And, the, you know, there will be a lot of anxiety in, in marketing teams about the creation of content because, you know, not every marketer is creative either, by the way. You yeah. know, so, um, you know, a lot of them are numbers driven and, and actually just very good business people, but the creative side, no interest in it scares the life out of them so you know i think it's a really smart move and actually i've i've been told off in some of my tiktok calls uh lately about mentioning the i word instead of the c word uh-huh, so, so yeah yeah it's definitely a it's definitely a, a a shift and hopefully what it might do is flush out you know some some of the influencers that were sort of just phoning it in you know yeah. so uh, you know it feels like you're as i say you're getting some value back i hope Yeah, I think so. And those creators are upping their game to compete, you know, against each other and are, I think, working really hard to ensure that they are driving a return for their clients. Um, So now I think when you go into these creator marketing campaigns, the success metrics you should be looking at not just you know how many how many new sales or how many uh new customers can this influencer drive to our pub restaurant whatever but it's more well how much is this piece of content worth that this creator has made for us and what can we now use it for could we stick it in an ad could it be used you know on tiktok on our tiktok channel is that a video that we would have maybe paid an agency 500, 600 pounds for, mm-hmm. but we've just had it in return for a free meal. So I think you've got to look at the return slightly differently with creators as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Yes. And also the social networks. So Instagram, well, Facebook or Meta, let's call them. Meta and TikTok have both launched recently creator marketplaces which are these dashboard pretty much yellow pages Mm -hmm. of creators that you can search through and find ones that are creating content in your niche and in your region as well yeah so i think those will improve this year cool so the third big trend and i know that we've talked about this one for a few years now so it's nothing brand new but social shopping has become more important than ever before. Right, I, I absolutely paused that bit on your your training video, rewound and watched it again and again and again, and I've put it into my speech because it is what I've been waiting for and it's just so vital for this yeah. frictionless way to buy. So yeah, great to hear about that. 
that's it. So this year, what we're going to see is the ability to actually pay for things, purchase things without leaving the social media apps, Mm. Uh, particularly Instagram. Instagram seems to be leading the way in social shopping at the moment. Um, And I'm sure TikTok won't be far behind because they've just announced a big partnership with Shopify. But you'll be able to not only tap on an image or a video, see the product name, the the information such as the price tag, click on that, be taken to the description of the product, and then you'll be able to purchase on that page. Whereas at the moment, you click on the button and you go to the landing page on the website. So that is set to revolutionize shopping this year. And I actually think it will be a case in, you know, if you're an iPhone user, where you'll literally just be able, be able to use your face ID to confirm that payment. Yeah. So pretty dangerous stuff, especially if you're a serial Instagram shopper like me. Um, but I guess for hospitality, the main thing to note here is it has to be a physical product that you're mm. selling. So you can't take table bookings. You couldn't sell a subscription or a, a gift card, for example. Mm. So it has to be something physical that you're selling. You couldn't You couldn't do a gift card? No. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I wonder whether they'll kind of open that up. But at the moment, it has to be a physical product that you're selling through your website or an e-commerce platform. Well, that's, that's, that's good news for some hospitality people, though, because they've got, um, yeah, so a lot of them got shops now selling, you know, the shim, yeah, for example, merch. you know, they've got their chutneys and all the rest of it, you know. So, Cookbooks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hats, T-shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you say, sauces, crockery. Mm-hmm aprons yeah. so if you have got this kind of side hustle going just as an aside have you seen the dishum tea towel no dishcloth you, uh, you know this this towel yes okay I'm, <laughs> gonna have a look. I'm making <laughs> yeah, a note you'll fall over um it is so <laughs> beautiful like, well, as you as you would imagine but yeah that was that was a uh, a must-have at christmas there and and the tins and all are lovely as well really nice yeah yeah they've, they've done yeah, a great job nice. in the packaging yeah I think as well, like the the pig do some really nice things mm-hmm. as well in their shop. Yeah. Not only their beautiful cookbook, but there's some really nice items that you can purchase as well. You can't sell alcohol. That's slightly annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are some restrictions, but, you know, the ability to set up shop, as it were, on Instagram and have people scroll through your products, you can create collections, you can make that shop look really inviting on instagram and you can tag all of your products in photos videos reels stories so there's lots of opportunity for people to see pricing and information about your products it, it may also what i'm hoping it's what i'm talking about this rmi thing is if you're trading within four walls only i'm pretty worried for you mm. you know like you, you need to have all these other verticals i mean you don't need to do what you want but i i would advise it you know so mm-hmm. and, and here's a great example you're going to miss out on g- 
great opportunities on Instagram if you don't have physical products that you're selling. Yeah, that's it. it. You know, I think um, you know, Instagram did a bit of a well, they've been doing a bit of a redesign to the platform over the last couple of years now. But the shop, the shopping basket, or the I always think it looks like a little purse. Oh yeah, but that is now such an important part of the bottom um, bar of mm-hmm. Instagram. And so by clicking on that, you can go directly to a discovery page where they are feeding in popular content, which um, the algorithm figures you're going to be interested in because of who you follow and who you engage with. Mm -hmm. So they're now recommending content to customers and recommending products. So if you're if you are selling, it's sort of a big missed opportunity. Um, if you are selling products, not to be using Instagram shopping. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's it's huge, and also it's I would imagine Instagram and the algorithm and all these things going to favour people that are using the latest thing. You I know? think so. I think so. Not confirmed, but definitely rumoured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so. We're on to trend number four. And just say the only reason that I'm pausing between trends is um, I'd, I've got so much to say on every single one that we'll never get through them all. So I'm just trying, I'm just holding back to let you go on. <laughs> so fair enough. It is hard to edit yourself, isn't oh, it? Oh God, so much, so much to talk about. It's dead exciting. Cool. Okay. So number four is Instagram video. Mm-hmm. So a few changes that have happened in recent times are they're ditching IGTV as a standalone tab on your Instagram profile. And what they're doing is combining IGTV with any video that you're uploading to your feed just to make a new tab called Instagram video. So it's not a massive change, but I suppose it got a bit confusing for people to try and determine what's the difference between a video or an Instagram video. Mm-hmm. So now when you upload content to Instagram, you have the option of uploading a video which can be up to 10 minutes long and you can show 60 seconds of that on your feed if you wish. Mm-hmm. It's an option. And if not, or if so, that video will still sit in a separate tab called Instagram video, which is identified by a little play button on your profile. And then, of course, we have other areas where you can upload video like stories, which have been around for five years or so now, and reels, which aren't new this year, but were new, I think, tail end of 2020, we saw reels start Mm. to play in, and they have really taken such a huge explosion you know they've taken such a skyrocketing um trajectory in instagram and it's said now that if you create a reel that's some of the most engaging content you can produce in instagram because it's so popular so if you don't know what reels is it's basically tiktok but on instagram And you can upload at the moment 15 or 30 second video to Reels. It will sit in a separate section on your profile, a separate tab, but you can show it on your feed as well. And you can put it in stories as well if you want to. And the idea is that it's really fun. It's set to music. It's very creative. And yeah, it's been really enjoyable watching brands kind of embrace the new 
feature mm. and get to grips with it. But yeah. I'm certainly finding for our clients at Avocado Social, it's reels that tend to get some of the highest amount of views, sometimes more so than a feed post. Yeah. Uh, but I you're sp- not going to be able to get success with every single one. No, I, I spend a lot of time on reels, actually. Um, I, I don't mm. personally spend lots of time on TikTok, but um, yeah, reels I've, I've been quite enjoying. And, and you do... Like watch them, you know, over and over and over. But I think it was maybe you were saying as well, it's maybe like TikTok for slightly older people. And also mm-hmm. things that happen on TikTok four weeks ago then arrive on Reels slightly later, you know? So I, I heard it from one client and they were saying, um, yeah, they're watching Reels because they're slightly older and they were showing the team a good video and they're like, that was that was on TikTok two months ago, you know. And he's like, "Oh God!" So yeah, you yeah. just you feel a, there's a little bit of a lag. So, but I guess it's like Instagram Stories versus Snapchat, right? It's just the same mm. dynamic that That's happens, true. you know. But also, I think I I've been reading that TikTok trends are just going to become like even more short lived. Mm. Like something will trend on TikTok and and boom, like it's trended and then on to the next thing. Whereas on Instagram, I do think trends hang around for a lot longer. And also the other big difference I've noticed with Reels and TikTok is I think because it's Instagram, Reels content just does look slightly more polished. Mm -hmm. It is a bit more high quality. There's not like crazy filters that people are using to change their faces into airplanes on Instagram fine on tiktok but on reels that just is that kind of slight element of a higher quality piece of content yeah no definitely um, you can so see that's that. quite interesting yeah so i think like look at luxury brands and how they're approaching reels look at some hotels look at some spas look at restaurants in the luxury space they are using you know lovely crisp filters and a bit of lighting and some some lovely music Mm. it's not kind of dance routines and memes so there are still elements that are different on reels so if you haven't had a go at a reel yet that would be my big piece of advice uh you have a little look around see what your competitors are doing see what some influencers or creators are doing Uh, maybe you actually commission a creator to create your first reel Mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be something that you do but just a simple idea could be either a tour of your space your restaurant your hotel kind of showing the experience of walking in being greeted being seated down at your table or a kind of guide to a menu mm-hmm. so having dishes kind of laid out or drinks laid out and sort of labeling them and and kind of showing people enjoying those so those are just two ideas that I think would work really nicely on Reels. Makes sense. Okay, so should we head on to number six? Yes. Let's do it. Or should we do a halfway recap then? So trend one was, see if I can remember, trend TikTok. One. Yeah, TikTok. Biggest site in the world, kids, don't they remember? Um, and then more than Google, people are surprised at that start. But yeah, and since early February, right, last year? It was more traffic than Google, which is crazy. So I haven't heard that stat. I feel yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. the biggest biggest website in the world. Yeah, 
Yeah, crazy. Wow. Um, that, that's where it was like, oh, okay, this is serious now. Um, so there's that. Then um, second one was influencers and creators. Yeah. Third one was social shopping. Yeah. Fourth one was reels. So then this is five. We're going to five. We are going into five. Right. And five right. is. I, I got that wrong. So trend number five is social audio. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is something that, although I don't think it's as important for hospitality brands, it's something good to be aware of. Mm -hmm. The rise of audio apps like Clubhouse have actually been very interesting for the industry because it actually it's something that I think took everyone by surprise in terms of its popularity. Mm -hmm. So these are apps where you can record content live and be involved in discussions virtually, mm -hmm. but it's just your voice. You're not showing any video. You don't have to be on camera. And they're essentially like online conversations mm -hmm. that you can join and be part of or just sit back at the at the back of the room and and listen in so they very much have been kind of taken they very much have been used by i would say experts mm -hmm. in their field so that seems to be the big opportunity is if you are a an expert on something or a consultant and actually being active in a social audio app can be quite fruitful, but they do take, you know, time and organization. Yeah. Um, a bit like podcasting, I guess. Yeah. Sort of live, live yeah, podcasting live where you're opening out. And, and what, what, what do you think the big ones are then? So you've got Clubhouse, which maybe feels like it had more success in America than it did here uh, it seemed, you know yeah there are still some popular rooms mm -hmm. which um which seem to be doing well still mm -hmm. and i think i don't think we'll see the end of the app i think it will continue to improve and then the social platforms themselves the big ones actually very quickly took notice of these trends like mm. twitter for example has launched spaces yeah which is their version of clubhouse so they were quite quick to copy the feature. Facebook take inspiration, take inspiration, yeah. <laughs> so we don't land up in court. <laughs> <laughs> um, Facebook have just launched audio conversations in groups. Okay. And LinkedIn are imminently about to launch their version of audio. Well, LinkedIn's a place, isn't it? Really, you would have thought. Yeah, you would have thought. Yeah. So I think that's going to be very interesting. There's going to be some deathly boring ones, right? There will be. <laughs> yeah. But then there'll be some really cool ones. Oh, there's some great well. ones for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think um, if you do have, you know, particularly vocal MD or CEO yeah, or, yeah. or maybe even, you know, marketing director who's quite happy to create this kind of content mm -hmm. and have conversations, then that could actually be a really interesting yeah. Uh, quite niche marketing strategy for yeah. you. Um, so something to have a think about for sure. And I guess it's one of those trends where we're going to have to see how it plays out a little bit more before we decide, you know, whether to go ahead and uh, yeah. dip our feet in. Yeah, I'm a fan of just getting stuck into it and, and see what comes out of it. I mean, I think the 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 benefit of going early is you'll hopefully get the organic bounce 
you know, if, if you go super early. But yeah, it felt like Clubhouse was over quite quickly in, in, in my life anyway and in, in my network and mm -hmm. my circles. But Twitter spaces has been super evident, you know? Yeah, I think you're right in that the US seems to have embraced this mm. medium a little bit more so. They like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> the Americans like um, to talk. That's true. <laughs> we're so, a bit more shy. <laughs> yeah, we're a bit more reserved, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Okay, so trend number six is advertising developments. Mm. So I think I always stick advertising in as a trend every year because there's so much that changes every year and evolves and improves within the advertising dashboards. But, um, you know, this year, I think we probably will see some pretty large changes because Facebook as a business, Meta, I need to drum that yep. into myself, but they have got to respond to Apple's iOS updates of last year. So for anyone who's sort of, you know, had their head somewhere <laughs> in the, last in year, the sand. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, Basically, last May, May 21, uh, iOS, Apple, made a big update um, to their iOS systems. And this update was all to do with privacy and tracking. Mm -hmm. And so now as an Apple user, when you are using an app on your phone, if you've downloaded it or you're using it for the first time, or actually not if you're downloading it for the first time, just at any point when you're using an app, you may now be served a quick question, do you want to be tracked while using this app? Allow tracking or don't allow? Something along those words. Yep. So it does sound quite scary when you see that update. And actually, I think if you don't know much about the the kind of back end of marketing, then you you automatically say, no, I don't want to be tracked. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be tracked. That sounds scary. And you opt out. Now, what that means is marketers for that well marketers using that particular app to promote their brands mm -hmm. will not be able to retarget people or will not be able to track people successfully so let's take facebook as an example what now happens is a marketer using facebook or using a facebook page and using facebook advertising will now not be able to track an Apple iPhone user on their website mm. um, if they're using a Facebook Pixel, if that user opted out of tracking. Yeah. And also they will not be able to retarget that Apple iPhone user mm. with advertising. So that is a big hit. I saw some stats that said, I mean, this was early on when this happened, I'm sure it was 96% of people have opted out. That so was an it, American stat. Yeah, it's big. It's definitely over 80, I've heard. But they haven't, I think Facebook have done a very good job of like quelling any, uh, you know, just making stories like that disappear quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting the journalist, yeah. It's quite hard to find any hard stats. Mm. But I, I have heard it's over 80% of people have opted out. Now, there are ways around it. So with some clever tracking using Google as well and using what's called event tracking on your Facebook pixel, 
you can actually find out a bit more. So for example, for one of our clients, which is a, um, a hospitality group of bars across the UK, they have managed to work out from looking at their total web traffic, then comparing how much traffic they're getting on their Facebook ads, and then marrying that data up with how much traffic pages of their website are getting in Google Mm -hmm. and sort of looking at the discrepancy, they're able to see, okay, well, we see a drop-off of 70%. So we know that there's about 70% of people who aren't being tracked with Mm -hmm. this data. Mm -hmm. So there are things you can do, but I think this year we're going to see Facebook really try and offer up some alternatives Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I really like about Facebook advertising is you can target people who have done particular things on Facebook or Mm. on Instagram. So you can target people who've looked at your Instagram profile with an ad. Mm. You can target people who have liked some content on your page or on your profile. You can target people who've watched a video or watched a certain part of a video But I think there's so much more Facebook and Instagram could do, like targeting people who've watched your reels, Mm -hmm. targeting people who've clicked on one of your stories, targeting people who have DM'd you. Actually, I think that is one. But, Mm. you know, so on and so forth. There's quite a lot you could do. And I I hear that that's an area that they're really looking to build out because that doesn't matter if you are an apple user or an android user because Mm. you haven't left facebook they still own that data what you're doing yeah yeah Yeah. well i i I think um it's a general statement but i think uh so many you know hospitality marketing teams don't use it to its full potential and i think you know and i think it's a a time thing an understanding thing and but you would almost want to have an analyst you know working with creatives together to you know and and also what tends to happen is you'll have one ad or a couple of ads and then you're you know either boosting them or you're doing the most blunt targeting but i think where it gets interesting is like that and if you could get like super um, intimate with someone to, you know, without being creepy, but just like knowing a little knowing sort of wink about what they've just done. Yeah. You know, you love their reels, you're going to love that, whatever. I don't know, that's a crap example, but yeah. you know, that, that that's an idea. I, I think it would be really good. But so forensic targeting and stealth mm-hmm. targeting and um, relevant, you know, super relevant, um, much more work, of course, but I think it would be hugely effective. So, I think there's not enough time or resource or understanding mm-hmm. for hospitality to do that on mass, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see more of it for sure. Yeah. Well, we're working with a, a selection of clients at the moment to do just that in that we, we hop on um, monthly calls with them and guide them through exactly how to do that kind of advertising. Mm. And it's working very well for a number of different hospitality brands who are like you say, A, not just boosting posts. Mm-hmm. Boosting posts is not an advertising strategy. Mm. And B, brands that are willing to, you know, you really think about their best creative, really think about the audiences that they want to target. Brands that are kind of, you know, 
willing to get as forensic as you are, that's working very well. Yeah. Whereas I, I agree, like when you just stick a flyer on a Facebook ad, that's not going to do much for you, is it? Yeah, I, I think you should have that as a t-shirt. You know, <laughs> boosting posts is not a marketing strategy. It's not. <laughs> and also, it's so not going to be a strategy this year as no, well. It's getting worse, I'll, isn't it? I'll tell you a, a little anecdote a little test that I've just done with a client. So they've been boosting posts, uh-huh. 10 pounds here, 20 pounds there for about a year or so. And yeah, the boosted posts reach a decent amount of people, maybe like up to 10,000 people, you know, every time they boost, um, 10,000 being some of their most successful figures. Um, so I said, okay, well, instead of putting 10 pounds or 20 pounds a month towards this, let's gather up some budget. Let's use two hundred pounds, and let's Big money. run the ads for a month. So they're not mm-hmm. just boosted for three days; they're on for a month. Mm-hmm. And let's use our best creative, mm-hmm. and let's run this ad as if we're talking to people who've never heard of us before. Because, of course, with a boosted post, it's a post that you've done to your community. So. It's a knowing post. The tone is t- totally different yeah. to if you're trying to advertise someone for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so we we did this. We launched it last week, actually. And within 24 hours, it had hit 30,000 people. Great. So that's three, t- three times mm-hmm. as good. And they only spent £12 in that first day. Oofed. So you can see the difference that Facebook is giving uh these campaigns you know boosted yeah. posts they're sort of like yeah show it to 10k people whatever yeah, whereas yeah. when you take it a bit more seriously they're yeah. like oh okay you've got 200 pounds to spend <laughs> do you know what? i always get the fear when we talk about uh advertising because i remember years and years ago when i first met you you <laughs> did you not did you not leave an ad running and you were paying for it or something, or the, the client was paying for it. Like, you know, just like it was just a great lesson. So every time I advertised, I'm like, I'm obsessed with the end date. You know, I think it worked out in the end. Like, it was absolutely fine. But it was just the chance that you'd kind of left the oven on. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh there, was, there was some setting. They've they've changed it now. Oh my god! It gives me the fear. It gives. Yeah, me. <laughs> something was left running. This oh was about god! Ten yeah, years yeah. ago. Yeah, I think I think yeah, the hair straighteners are very hard on. to do that now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Facebook probably dealt with so many stressed out social media. Who went who went bankrupt? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right, oh, okay. What's what's next? Number six. Number seven. Now you're gonna laugh, Mark. Why? Because this ain't a new trend. Uh Uh-huh. We've talked about this one for years as Mm. well. Employee engagement. Oh, is this the year? (sighs) I hope so. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know why a lot of people aren't doing this because it does take time and you've mm. got to get all your employees on board or at least a select group. But the power of individual profiles across social media is just huge. And the fact that so many hospitality brands have these great young staff working mm. for them who are active on TikTok, they're active on Instagram, they know what they're doing on Twitter, but they're not using them. to promote their brands and even just a simple thing like if you've got some recruitment content to get out there or if you want to spread the word about a new menu or a new opening or Mm. something 
just enlisting your employees to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen over the years some really creative examples where a bartender or a chef has created their own profile yep. and they're sort of, you know, cut, uh, what's the word, sort of reporting from the from backstage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brand. But I think, you know, the opportunity now with TikTok mm. especially means that your staff can get super creative at promoting your brand and trusting them to do that mm. as well. Um, it's such a hard, it's such a hard one because with a lot of hospitality operators, they'll obviously say, you know, no phones are allowed, you know, and it, so it's a this real juxtaposition. And then people will also say, well, should I get paid more for, for doing that stuff? Mm-hmm. Or So there's definitely, I mean, we wouldn't solve it on this podcast, but there's definitely a, a bunch of things to think about, which is yeah, who's the best incentive. people to do it? When could they do it? How do you incentivize people if they need mm-hmm. incentivizing? Um, and then there's, there's, there's sort of other things as well, you know, just around, do you, do you need to fess up that that person works for you? You know, do you need some kind of, I work here, hashtag, or, but I think one of the, the best ones that we saw, you know what, I think we did this at a boot camp a while back, but there was two examples, I thought there were, in fact, three. So Paula Pastry, who I'm just completely in love with, her profile and what she does at Red Carnation Hotels, and she's just been elevated to, I think she's just got a promotion lately as well. And from an employee's point of view, just to say, you know, if you do things like that, you know, guess what? You're going to stand out to bosses more and you're going to, you know, mm. if there's a selfish part to it. So but her posts on Instagram, I think it is Paula Pastry, and it just looks like jewellery, you know? Um, but I think we saw the John Lewis example where the chap was saying, we're getting to our busiest three peaks of Christmas. Mm. And he had all of his... Uh, contents of his van laid out, didn't he? Like all his tools, and, and it just said, uh, "You know, I'm going to sort you out." Um, and then, uh, and I think Selfridges are pretty good at it as well. The HR team at Selfridges, and also some Selfridges staff are like reviewing products and things like that. Mm. I, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely say give it a go. I mean, we've been banging on that drum for forever, but I've just not seen many people do it in a synchronized, coordinated big way I think yeah. people have been doing it but plus some staff have been doing it off their own bat you know um, yeah. but it'd be yeah it would be great to see because most people that work in hospitality are people people they are usually you know quite outgoing um, in a lot of ways and you know they, they wouldn't mind a bit of fun at work so it seems to make That's sense it. to me it's good fun isn't it I think mm. I always use this as an example but one of our clients has Six sites across London, a nice pizza brand, mm. and they... Um, you can mention their name if you want. Pizza Union. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, have a great team who are really up for creating content. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we challenge them every week. Who can come up with the best video on this? Who can create great. a photo on this? Who can have who can create this picture with a guest you know who can oh it just gets so silly sometimes but in a really good way and the teams obviously get very competitive yeah but they are incentivized you know the best ones get prizes or you know get featured as well which i think is is such a great incentivization to incentivization is that a word yeah 
yeah, let's go so. with it. I think so. <laughs> yeah. new, new rules, Dua Lipa. New yeah, rules. So cool. 2022. Yeah. yeah. What a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they get so into it. Sometimes it really surprises us how creative their content can be. Mm. And it's really helped because we're not, you know, on site an awful lot. So to be able to get the spirit and the vibe of the locations through the staff across on Instagram and across on Facebook, using the team in such a way has just been so fruitful. And that some of our best content, best performing content has been stuff that's come out of our team challenges yeah because it's from the heart right yeah you know it's, it's yeah. genuine so that, that makes sense makes sense okay so trend and we're doing very very well trend uh-huh. number seven mm-hmm. i believe I better just check my notes on that <laughs> uh trend is trend number eight actually there we go so trend number eight is marketers take on customer care now, for some social media marketers, this isn't a new thing, but I definitely think during the pandemic, many social media marketers have had to train themselves up or just hit the ground running mm-hmm. in being great customer care teams for the brand. So being able to very quickly respond to guests, problem solve, think on the go, um, you know, create great experiences for disappointed customers to change things very quickly you know perhaps you had some scheduled content now you're closed because of covid what's going to happen there so marketers in themselves have become amazing customer care representatives for the brands and i think if if this rings true for you Mm -hmm. or you're thinking gosh yeah my team really have had to do this they firstly need to be recognized for their hard work because it's not easy managing all of your dm inbox on social and secondly is there some additional training that you could give them more official training in customer relationship management so that they feel more confident to be able to continue with this role the the big thing i saw um you know through the pandemic was actually the issues, and you know, absolutely well done to every person that was involved in this. Is uh, you know the the home ordering, the meal kits, and things like that. So having to change what you do to be chasing up, and you know who you are when I'm saying this. You know, chasing up DPD orders mm-hmm. and you know live real time. And I think I saw Will at Hawksmoor doing a great job. I mean, he is on Twitter all the time and, and he's representing the brand even still, you know, and he's writing to customers. I'm so sorry that didn't arrive. Let's let me find out about that. I'll sort you out now. And he just handled it so beautifully um, mm-hmm. all the time. So I think you're right. I mean, so much of the job of social media marketers and marketers, you were almost becoming like, you know, Southern rail or Southern fail as they call it, you know, like they are they, what their social media managers have to deal with every two minutes. It's my train's like, da, 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 what can I, you know, and it's, it's all yeah. that, you know? Um, so yeah. Did I, you take it? Did you deliver it? <laughs> yeah, there was, there was so much and it is real time because it's going, you know, it's five o'clock and I've got a hungry family and my box of 
something hasn't turned up yet yeah. or we've got everything but the chips or whatever it is yeah um, it's getting to know delivery getting to know uber getting to know yeah. just and where you make those complaints and understanding how to guide somebody through the app of yeah. where they might complain oh did i tell you that just quickly we were pulling that thread i ordered from delivery lately um ordered from delivery pretty much daily but anyway so uh, and it was a grocery one right so you can get uh, last mile ordering with waitrose or whoever you know uh, Morrison's and whatever so anyway I was feeling posh so I went to Waitrose and what happened was I ordered my groceries and they were coming along brilliantly they had well not brilliantly but they had I missed an item so what they did was they called me and it what? was someone that seemingly was from Waitrose to say we're really sorry we don't have this uh, what about if we do that? And anyway, that happened, which I was not, I've never had that from delivery ever. Mm -hmm. Then when I got the stuff, they put uh, a wee chocolate beer in with it for, you know, as a gift. They comped the items that were missing, plus gave me the alternative as well. Wow. And everyone was like, and then they actually gave me like a, a greetings card that was like, you know, all the best from, you know, the team at Waitrose Brighton. Blah, blah, blah. It was just like, whoa. So wow. I think with some of that marketing knowledge and, you know, just being a genuinely good customer focused person and slapping that onto any digital stuff, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I think is the is the hybrid we're looking for, you know, yeah. with, with all that. You That's know. amazing. What so a service. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like there's there's a lot of things could, that could now creatively be done. But I think my main my main point there is a social media marketer's job role mm. has probably changed quite a bit for sure over the last two years. And so it's definitely worth kind of reviewing your marketing job roles and just checking everything that now needs to be done is covered and also how your team are feeling you know have they got time I speak to a lot of social media marketers who are sort of like oh I'd love to be doing reels or I'd love to get to know advertising a bit more but I'm bogged down with customer service now mm. and I've got to prioritize that so if you're really looking to take your brand forward this year it could even be that actually you know recruitment is is where you need to focus as well yeah Yep. So lots to think about strategically. Yeah, it would just be nice for, you know, social media to get on the front foot. You know, like, mm. I, I hate to kind of hear it, you know, when I'm on client meetings and it's, they're doing the drudgery of social media. You know, they're just managing to do the basics to go, we're open for yeah. lunch today. And, but I'd much rather, if, you know, if, if people can get to this stage, but I know it's hard because it's money for recruitment and all that, but taking the time to look up you know, and and actually be able to proactively do all these things. But I know it's hard, but the worst thing you can do is just be in defense all the time, you know, mm -hmm. rather than the offense side of things. It's heartbreaking because then your results won't be that good. Then you'll be getting shouted at <laughs> and, and, you know, and you'll just feel demor demoralized and want to leave, you know. So it's mm -hmm. just, you know, it's, it's hopefully with this new year, we can get on the front foot a wee bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what will help us get onto the front foot oh, is yeah. trend number nine, which is being able to measure your social media more effectively. So yes. I definitely think just from being on the front line of social media for the 
last 10 years, 10 years or so, more marketers feel much more confident now about proving return on investment. Mm -hmm. There are so many tools out there that are enabling marketers to see things like how many email signups they're getting, how many bookings they're making, um, you know, how far and wide the message of your brand is actually going, mm -hmm. how many people are seeing your content. So there's free insights tools on all of the social media platforms. And then Google Analytics, I think, is such a powerful underused tool by many. And then there's paid for tools as well that can give us some really fruitful insight. One of my favorites is Sprout Social, which has a great social listening plugin as well. But obviously that's not going to be available to everyone. I think as a basic level, getting to know your free insight sections is really important. And what I would recommend is setting up what's called Google Analytics goals mm -hmm. on your website. So you at least can identify what key activities people are making on your website who have come from social media. And you, are you not doing a training course on this soon? I do. I do have a training oh, yeah, yeah. course coming up in 10 days time. So towards the end of January. Okay. If this hasn't gone out by then, <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, but uh, I'm sure you'll be running it in the future or I'll be able to yeah, we access always, it somewhere. We always include social media measurement as part of any training course that we do. It's such an important part of your strategy. Being able to measure you know, how effective your activity is, yeah. is so vital because otherwise, how do you know what works, what doesn't, how do you know where to spend your time? And that can obviously, that can often unlock a lot of answers for you yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, why aren't people converting into bookings? How long are people spending on our website? Is there something on our website that is stopping people from booking or signing up? And when you've done all that hard work in social media of getting someone to your website, to fall at the last hurdle would be such a shame. So I think you said it earlier, frictionless journeys yeah. between social media and websites and booking and converting is just so important. Yeah, even more so. so. Even more so, exactly. Yeah. So we've, we've made it, Mark. Okay, the, the big final one. final trend, which you hinted at earlier, actually. Yeah upskilling mm. so social media marketers are many of them really looking to sharpen their tools this year and get better at some of the activities where they maybe feel like they're lacking in confidence or haven't really got to grips with and I think we we spotted a report last year didn't we Mark we were sort of having a bit of a chat about how one of the biggest areas or two of the biggest areas for social media marketers or marketers in general mm -hmm. is to really improve their knowledge in digital marketing strategies, including advertising and content creation. Yep. So those are the two areas which I feel a lot of marketers this year will be really looking to um, expand their knowledge in or hire specialists in those fields and that will be fruitful for them as mm. brands as well. So that will give them the payback that yeah. they are looking for. So that being said, again, is advertising and content creation. Those are the two areas where many marketers feel they're lacking in knowledge or maybe can't keep up with the trends quickly enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, sign. I was I was talking to someone another marketer the other day, and um, I talked about you know th- this conversation and also uh, the speech and you know get into the future crypto and blah 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 metaverse and all that, and they were like, "Thank God for agencies doing this because we don't have the time." Mm. And I just thought it was so interesting because when I don't know how you feel when you're pulling these things together or, you know, but I, I certainly feel it when we do our boot camps. I'm always like, surely people know this stuff, you know? And it's not that they don't or they're like thick or something, you know, it's just, they just don't have the bandwidth to take yeah. in the end. So it's always pleasurable after mm-hmm. doing these things where you find out it was a help, you know? Um, yeah. But you're just thinking, oh, I'm, I hope I'm not just telling people they suck eggs, you know? So it's, um, it's, it's good, you know, I, th- I think... Uh, you know, by us giving ourselves the time to do a wee bit of research, you know, hopefully we can mm-hmm. we can help people and inspire them to, you know, not just do the, you know, what they're being told to do, you know, actually proactively doing what they should be doing and uh, and hopefully growing the business and, and moving it forward. That's it. And social media is so much about the trends, the, yeah. the evolving nature of it. It's it's a fluid marketing activity. It's, it's never going to stick to the same rules. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of approaching your social media and using the same strategy you've had for the last three years or, you know, still trying to do a Facebook post every day, try and get this picture of our burger out on a Tuesday, you know, it's, you're going to get left behind if you don't try out new trends like reels or advertising. And so it's so important for marketers to continually develop their own skills. Yeah. And I think something you said brilliantly in your, uh, your training course, which I'll put the link to in, in the podcast notes as well. Um, you know, you'd said that, you know, f- just on that fact that it's changed, Instagram has changed now. People want it to be an entertainment channel, mm-hmm. not like a beauty pageant kind of thing. So yeah. that's massive. Yeah. You know, if you're and doing these stylistic... To yeah. Sort of identify it themselves and say, look, we're changing the way that we are focusing. Yeah into more of an entertainment app than a discovery app then that means that we've all got to evolve the way that we think about it as well Mm. so a couple of questions then i was thinking about was um one is i saw a a great video from harry hugo uh, who's a good friend at um goat agency and he was doing a wee video on the next channel so he was saying every three years there's another one kind of you know, um, so I guess if you look at the rise of TikTok, I mean, it's been around a lot longer, but it really is the last three years that it's went up. Um, and a friend uh, from back home actually sent me a clip of me talking in Kiev. And I was saying to people, and I think I was maybe swearing, which was bad, but I was saying, get your heads around TikTok now. <laughs> you know, this was like November 2019. And it was still 500 million users then, right? It wasn't small. It was obvious what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just things like that. So have you got any thoughts of any channels you've saw coming through? I mean, Discord looks like it's got quite I big. I was just about to say Discord yeah, is got, one that I'm quite interested in. I don't understand it yet. It's, it's busy, right? Yeah, so it is much. Busy, but I think it's kind of a bit like Reddit. Reddit, yeah. niche. Yeah. But so, it's like a super fast Twitter. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> all this stuff coming through. It's crazy. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm still quite fascinated by Twitch. It's not new. Yeah. But 
live streaming. Yeah. I mean, people associate it with gaming, but mm. I think you could apply it to anything really. Yeah. And many brands have been using it for um, all kinds of live video. Yeah. But as I think the kind of events world opens up again, I think live video, which has taken a bit of a pause, yeah. will become better again, more mm. more popular, more accessible to people, yeah. less scary. Yeah. The one I'm obsessed with on Twitch is a comedian called Lemmy. Oh, He's yeah. Scot- but I'm obsessed with him because the quality of his streaming, I, I really want to ask him, but I'm scared he'll be nasty. I'd, I'd like to really know what his camera setup is and all that. Like, it's just so crystal clear, like everything he does. It's, it's, it's oh, It looks incredible. Yeah. Right, oh, right. So um, we'll be able to recap those um, in the podcast notes and I, I might do it in the outro and all that jazz. But I was going to say to you, was there any more for any more before I ask you some uh, some fun questions um no i think we've covered a lot yeah, we've done well we've done really well <laughs> but obviously you know i'm always up for chatting social media so if you want to continue the conversation or if anyone has any they think we missed yeah please let me know and you can contact me very easily at avocado social on most of the major social media networks yeah and also make sure that you've joined up to avocado social social media hub group yeah. um on facebook you know it's just uh, a lifeline sometimes and a great support system um for everyone and also just keep checking out when allison's next courses are and things like that they're always really good value um right some fun stuff so the first one in a while mark out a 10 let's do it Let's do it. Right. <laughs> so, and this is very relevant now because we've been trapped for so long. Mm. Best city to eat in. Oh, oh, that's tough. Um, I mean, my okay. gut says my gut says London just because there's so much choice. But as a bit of a left field, I have always enjoyed eating out in Edinburgh. Mm. There's some really nice veggie restaurants in Edinburgh. Okay. Um, I'm not veggie, but I do like to eat veggie, you know, three or four nights a week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some brilliant options. And Edinburgh is just a great city anyway. Anywhere abroad, if you could get on a plane now? If I could get on a plane now, I'd go to Nice oh, in the south of France. Nice. I absolutely love it there. It's one of my favourite cities. Ah. And there's some amazing seafood restaurants as well. Never been, never been. So best restaurant then? Oh... Well, I think because it has so many happy memories for me, I would say the pig in the New Forest. Oh, great. Uh, that's where I got engaged. Oh. It's where I've had many a, a kind of family get together. And um, it's such a beautiful spot as well. Yeah. Um, there's one just opened near me in Arundel. Oh. So I need to get along and, and go and, go and have it. a wee look. Yep, go do and do it. that. So best dish? I love seafood. Uh-huh. So I'm always a fan of like a nice bit of sea bass or something like that. I do do quite like a nice fish dish or some murmur in the air or something like that. Yeah. But I'm I'm a big fan of eating things that you just don't have at home. Yeah. So we don't really tend to like cook much fish at home. Yeah. So yeah. why not have it done very well out? Yeah, yeah I remember that conversation with a a fish restaurant down here um, that I was working with and we did talk about that, which is you most people anyway don't tend to make octopus no. in their house on a Tuesday. 
My husband, Richard, who who co-owns the business and runs Avocado Social with me, he used to work on the Waitrose meat and fish counter or... uh, when he was a teenager. So he's a pretty good fish monger. Quite handy. <laughs> quite handy with a oh, knife. That's good. So that's quite good. But he stinks. Good skills to have, but that's what he <laughs> does smell. And he just smells bad. Yeah. But um, if we ever do buy fish, he's pretty good at filleting it. But that's something I don't think many people can do. No. I wouldn't know. I Sushi as well, yeah. yeah. Um, and then alcoholic drink? Oh, got to be a G&T. Got to yeah? be. Yeah. What, what? I'm a big fan of gin. And You've I got like favourite gin? Um, there's one that we get through Naked Wines. Oh, yeah. They always sort of send through Naked Wines. It's It's a Spanish gin. And I'm really struggling to remember the name off the top of my head. Oh. Um, I'll have to tweet it. Is it the, is it the gin, gin Mary? Gin Mary? Mary? One? It's oh. not. It's quite, uh, it's quite like, you know, Naked Vines like to send you quite. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's quite like boutique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I love the fact that there's been this huge kind of gin revolution over the last few years. And I love trying out particularly British gins from all around the place and yeah, I think you sent me some Brighton gin once, Mark. Yeah. That was delicious. Yeah, yeah. No, it's and very yeah. good. I need to catch up with Cathy soon, actually. Um, we keep keep missing each other. So, and then the last question's a fun one. We used to end on a bit of a downer. We said worst restaurant and worst dish. And oh, no, no, one, no one named and shamed, so it was a bit pointless. So, who are you taking you're on this dream thing that you're you're going to? Ah, uh, my husband, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Socially have... distanced with the smell, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not, it would be nice to actually get out of the house and treat ourselves a bit. Yeah, yeah, lovely, nice. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks so much for being my Aww. first guest on season Thank you. three. I'm so excited you're back with a bang, Mark. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. looking forward to listening to the, the rest of the series. Yeah, I'm dead excited. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to have a rest, but, yeah, it's nice to be behind the, the mic of steel. So, yeah, all good. So, all right, love you and leave you. Thanks so much for doing that. Um, absolutely brilliant. And, um, yeah, you'll know where Alison is. Um, I'll put the contact details in the notes and you can get in touch. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Mark. All right. Have a good day. So there we go. What an incredible episode. Fun packed full of information that's going to help you every single day in 2022 in terms of your social media trends and also being aware of what's going on around about you, your competitors, other industries, and also other people in your team. Indeed, if you manage social media teams, you can be working with them to focus on these things and really get on the front foot. So just amazing advice from Alison as usual. Please make sure you check out avocadosocial.com and also the Avocado Social Facebook Hub. Join that group because you'll get so much support, information for free. You can also see when all of these workshops are coming up and also you can just get in touch with Alison and Richard if you need anything at all. So, yeah, absolutely my partner in crime. So glad that we met, so glad we do so much together and I really hope that Alison can help you in your business soon too. Huge thanks to you for listening. It's great to be back. Really chuffed. And uh, yeah, do drop us a line. Let us know where you're listening, how you're listening, how it's all going. I'd really love to get back in touch with you and reconnect with you. So thanks so much for that. Huge thanks to Storekit and Saved by Robots for sponsoring this episode. And we will hopefully be hearing a bit more from them in the future. 
Huge thanks to production team as well, Gaz and Gabby, for helping us and all that they do to make this happen and put it together. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thanks so much for listening. And I really hope that this is the start of many episodes that's going to give you the help, the advice, the confidence to make your brand boom. <laughs>